Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Elo Buana, and you're listening to the podcast for the love of the game. And this is episode five, titled KD will never win another chip without the Warriors. Uh, how's everybody doing? <laughs> Oh, guys, yeah, it's been a full two weeks, guys, 14 days. Yeah, it's crazy. Before I even go on, I just want to give a shout out. I, I'm kind of crazy and consistent with my mentioning of the background music. Uh, and that's because half of the stuff, I don't even know like who it really is, like who's the artist. So I kind of have to leave it out there. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm not sure, you know, who it really is. Um, and if I know who it is, then I definitely give a shout out. So I want to give a shout out to my background music by Emma Pia. The album is called Jazzy Tape. The Jazzy Tape by Emma Pia. So guys, uh, if you're feeling Emma Pia, go check it out. Check them out or him out or her out. Um... I'm not sure, but um, Emma Pia. That's E-M-A-P-E-A. And the album's called The Jazzy Tape. So, yeah. So, yeah, guys. What is going on? Oh, my goodness. You know what, guys? Like, the two weeks that I was kind of, I guess, gathering (laughs) NBA intel, you know, topics to discuss... One thing I I came across very early was that I'm, you know, if you're listening to me, you're listening to what's going to be talked about two weeks from now. (laughs) You know, maybe, you know, okay, maybe a week from now, maybe not two weeks, a week from now, you know, so, you know, there were were a couple things we just, I discussed or we, you know, we talked about with, you know, regards to the standings and Boston and everyone just overreacting. And then everyone kind of coming to their senses, just kind of realizing the kind of team Boston had, which is built for the playoffs. You know, a lot of playoff tested guys to where they're not going to just die out so easily as they may be. You see them do uh, or saw do earlier in the season with, you know, with regards to maybe Boston losing to some teams they probably shouldn't have lost to. But it worked. It was a couple of things that uh, I just noticed mainstream media was running with after we talked about them over here. So I don't know, guys. You know, I, I was feeling like I was in the right direction. Well, someone's listening. Someone important. You know, maybe. My uh, few views, few listeners that I have, one of them is, <laughs> or a few of them are some important people because the topics that were coming out after I released last episode, what was the name of that episode? Oh, man. <laughs> and you know what? I can't even check. Wait, well, you know what? I can check. What was, what was last week's episode called? Let's see. Let's see. Oh, the five-point uh, swing throughout the league, right? 
so yeah, there was a lot of things that that we talked about that just got talked about that were the following week. It was just quite I don't know quite a coincidence, but whatever. It's pretty cool. I'm I'm flattered, you know. Somebody's listening. <laughs> but and shout out to my listeners. Everyone who's listening. Peace to everyone who listens, you know. You got any questions, any chime-ins, add-ons, plus degrees, <laughs> please join in. Add on, add on to the discussion. Send me an email. Any topics you want to you want me to cover, let me know. I guess I should give you my email address. That's elobuana at gmail.com. E-L-O-B-W-A-N-A at gmail.com so yeah guys so the the name of this episode KD Kevin Durant will never win another championship or another chip without the Warriors when I do these podcasts I don't even really know like I don't have a clear cut like wording for the episode so I, I probably will alter you know, just change up a little bit, a few of the words in reference to KD. We'll never win another chip without the Warriors or maybe another championship. I don't know. Chip sounds better. But, you know, before we get into that, guys, we got to talk about everything, right? Everything that's gone on in the past two weeks. You know, this trade that just got handed down. Or just went through, which was kind of a screw up yesterday when it was first reported with the uh, Washington Wizards sending Austin Rivers and Kelly Oubre to Phoenix Suns for Trevor Ariza. And I know yesterday the Grizzlies were involved and there was a Marshawn Dillon Brooks mix up that nixed the deal. And it's interesting because I, you know, I know uh, Wojciechowski kind of reported it and came out and, you know, he, he kind of talked about what was the, I guess, the the, the, re- the reasonings for each team to do what they did. And I don't know, it just kind of, I get with Phoenix, I think, the, I think that they won that deal because they end up getting some young guys that are young but still have value we are proven enough you know i think uh, you know um and and it could bring instant offense they're not just guys that are young and are raw and have potential no we know the potential of these guys and they could instantly come in and and um you know add a few wins you know and and they would look good if depending upon uh <clears throat> who they draft next year. And I think they would probably need, I think like Phoenix would look, I think RJ Barrett would be really good with Phoenix if they were able to get him next year. Cause then you got a big guard with Devin Booker. You know, you have wings, multiple wings. Maybe you trade in, you know, cause you have Josh Jackson and um, what's the guy who just, who was just drafted there. Um, 
any Miles. Is it Miles? Yes. I'm trying to remember his his first name. No, Bridges, Bridges, I'm sorry, not not Miles. Bridges. Bridges. Man, what is his first name? Now now I can't remember his first name. I know it's Bridges. Mikhail Bridges, yes. So Josh Jackson. Um you know, TJ Warren's there. Booker, um, obviously Booker. You know, and the number one draft pick that they just acquired this year. Um, they fell in the middle. You know, they have a lot of good pieces that you can pair up with some vets, some younger vets that can make a push. And a point guard, a big point guard who could basically set up the offense, get everybody involved, get everybody in position. Looks like Barrett could be that. And I don't know if he's that floor general, you know, but he is a guy who could easily be heads over heels in terms of talent and be able to facilitate uh, somewhat of an offense. If it's just offensively him just getting his possibly. I mean, again, we're all projecting here, but... I just like what Phoenix is doing. Especially, it's good to, to to make a trade in the mix of the entire issue with the Suns owner possibly selling the team because they can't get the downtown arena thing going and or, or get the renovations needed to keep them in downtown Phoenix. So that I think it just it, it on face at least just to kind of save face or you know to, to quiet down all all the, the murmurs of the owner and just the team being bad that was a good trade to make early on it seemed like a trade that went south got better the next day at least for Phoenix side and LA and other teams well I, you know what I'm sorry I couldn't help myself guys right? I couldn't help myself I wanted to talk about LA <laughs> kind of losing out on that deal but. And they didn't really. It was just a, a deal that was too high priced at the end of the day. And peace to Phoenix for getting the, the guy that they, you know, the um, the players that they wanted. Really, Washington is the problem. You know, because I, I just, like, I get it. Like, you weren't going to be able to pay those guys, but they weren't the problem. You got to get rid of the problem. The problem isn't Oubre and Austin Rivers. Like, okay, I just feel like there were some pieces like that. Maybe you, you I, I just feel like Oubre is a guy. I mean, and I guess we talk about a Frank Nelikina who is playing multiple positions from the, he can guard from one to the four. And I know you're like, okay, well, you just jumped to Frank. I say that because I like what Ubre does as a lefty who who can play point but can also play all the way to like small forward. Yeah, maybe not power forward, but has the height to guard, you know, and is a great on ball or, or above average on ball defender. I don't have the stats to back that up. I'm just doing the eye test, guys. He's always been a above average defender. So, you know, you can tear me to shreds after this if I'm wrong. But why get rid of him? Wasn't he still in his rookie deal? Okay, maybe he wasn't. He wasn't the problem. The the albatross of contracts dealt were with regard to Otto Porter and 
John Wall. And okay, so you brought in Ariza, who was good for you all, what, three, four years ago? Now he's back. And he's probably, I won't say a shell of himself, but he's four years older. He's been in the league um, more than a decade, at least 12 years. So, okay, okay, so he's on a one-year deal. So that's what's up. But... I don't know. We're gonna have. There has to be multiple. There has to be more deals in play. They just can't beat this deal. This is not like a. Okay, we're gonna make a push. If it is, it's crazy. You're gonna make a push with uh, with Ariza and and John Wall and Bill. We know what what that was. It's not the same now. It's a different team. The whole different team. When Ariza was there, I mean, the name was in his was. Kind of still in his prime. Um, they had the, uh, the big boy. Um, good grief. What is his name now? Who plays for the Clippers? Now I feel like I need to like get that guy's name. Um, you all know what I'm talking about too. Big Polish guy. He was instrumental in their success when Ariza was there. Gortat. Sorry, guys. Marcin Gortat. So, man, I'm just... just seems like one of those, those things where there has to be more moves being made aside from... Just getting a reason to make a push. Like the standings are crazy for the Wizards right now. They don't, they're not gonna, I don't see them coming out of what where they're already at. But Stranger Things have happened. They've been one of those teams that have turned things on. They have, they've been like one of those teams over the past 10 years that have started off really slow and they ended up in the playoffs. So can't count them out, but just seems like a, a crazy scapegoat and excuses just didn't make sense for me because they were banking on the potential of having to pay a Ubre. Alright. It's just a, a crazy reset. I, I would have there there had to have been better deals. Sometimes just like guys, owners panic. It's a lot. The media out, you know, inside forces, you know, maybe within where they have to maybe feel compelled to trade. Uh, and make moves moves that in hindsight if they just waited a little longer they would have been able to get a better deal and we already got a glimpse of the deal being an issue on whoever's part where and I don't even know I guess there's more clarity on who did who did what but but with, with regard to the, the first deal they had the three way trade with Memphis involved Phoenix in Washington, clearly there was some communication breakdowns and not enough thought put into it. They, apparently, they were the, the deal was made, you know, through text, which I'm sure happens more more than usual. It's probably common now, so we, I don't want to make it like that. I heard there was, you know, there have been some pundits kind of shaming that, but you know, hey, that's how deals are done now, you know, through text. 
but maybe a, maybe it starts with a text, you know, and then it finishes with a conversation on the phone, you know, to finalize the details. So I just say all I have to say that I, I just feel like there were some factors, some pressure points placed upon maybe more, look, feels more like Washington than anything else, you know, because what was Phoenix? They had a one-year deal with this guy. They were going to be a lottery pick. And guys, okay, Aiden, DeAndre Aiden. Sorry, that just came to me. I just was thinking of why I didn't, why I couldn't read, uh, name the, <laughs> the number one draft pick this year for Phoenix Suds. Uh, the guy in the middle, you know, the center, DeAndre Aiden. So sorry, but but again, it just seemed like the pressure seemed more on a on a Washington. And even more of an of a Memphis. I don't even know. Like Memphis to me is just more of a surprise that they're in the in the playoff race, race this year, right now. You know. So also, um, so what do we have here? Anthony Davis and the trade rumors surrounding him. You know, uh, I don't know, like. I don't think he's going to stay. Like. New Orleans has done. Mediocre at best. In terms of. Keeping players that they need to keep. And establishing a culture. That would make any fan feel like they're serious. And aside from Anthony Davis, the closest you had was DeMarcus Cousins. And they kind of lucked up with the mirror chick thing. It was glad it was good they were able to get him. But to not be able to get to keep DeMarcus Cousins seems like and I don't even know really still with that deal. DeMarcus claims people weren't giving him the money. How? You know, how does New Orleans not make that deal go through, but hey, maybe uh, they knew something with Demarcus that Golden State was able to capitalize on, you know, in terms of signing him to what like a mid-level exception or something. But I think Anthony Davis will take a look at the NBA landscape and see that he could really be the future. To, to or the main piece to knock out the Warriors and I'm going to go with this theme throughout the entire podcast guys is that I feel like the future doesn't belong to the Warriors per se I think that they can win another championship or two but maybe not like back to back to back you know what I mean because this KD thing, if they don't have KD, even if they have DeMarcus Cousins, I still feel like they are not they're not unbeatable. Whereas with KD, they're just pretty much unbeatable. And, you know, at full strength and everything. With all cylinders clicking. And they've had that opportunity provided with a lot of misfortune from their opponents. And I mean injuries throughout the Western Conference has has kind of put that lingering what if what if in the in the air 
um, in terms of looking back and saying, okay, well, this guy got injured, this guy got injured this year. You know, there was Kawhi who got injured. I mean, I, you know, um, there were just some injuries that that made it possible for Golden State. Memphis had some injuries when they were going up against them. There, you know, I guess that first year there were just some openings. Now I know it's still in the, and probably ends up with Golden State, but it just seems like at some point the law of averages are going to go against them in terms of being able to have all their five guys healthy and able to play at that time. No one else is having. No one else gets we you know what I mean we've seen so many uh I guess San Antonio, but they haven't really been a dynasty when they were doing it. So Anthony Davis is gonna look and see, hey, you know what? I don't know if this is this is the team that I that I'm convinced will be able to dethrone Golden State when you have the Clippers edging forth possibly I mean they'll have the the money to make these moves in the Lakers. You know, it's it's like those guys feel like they could potentially be next and who does where are the rumors of New Orleans of of players wanting to play in New Orleans where are the rumors of New Orleans landing two other max player type guys you know and that's just the, the reality man that's, it's just with these big markets and LeBron that, that LeBron factor and he's in a big market the biggest you would say maybe now in the, in the league with LA the future it just seems like destiny is going against him staying in New Orleans. So even if he doesn't go to LA, maybe he goes to Boston, which is one hell of a sports town, if not the best sports town in America. Paired with and just being on the East Coast, he would be the best center, have the best point guard, have one of the, the top two, three wings. And have a deep bench. It's just he has one just crazy options available. You know, and and they're gonna have you're gonna have to see New Orleans make one crazy move through this uh through the regular season, through this season, maybe before the, the, the trade deadline. Something's they've gotta make a seismic type shift. Of or society type trade to shift the, the Western Conference landscape because you just look at the Pelicans and there's really nothing to go on. Not even the playoffs right now. They're they're 15 and 15. I don't have Anthony Davis playing. And who does really? Is this, is this a no duh bruh moment? No duh bruh. <laughs> that, uh, it's kind of weird. But anyway, uh, yeah. It, it's, is it one of those moments where it's like no one feels it is it just the inevitable because it just Anthony Davis can't stay in New Orleans he just can't LeBron changed that when he left Cleveland because now he's got the 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 uh, the ultimate would it be the infinity gauntlet 
guys, you got to, you know, I probably shouldn't have tried that out because I haven't even seen the movie. <laughs> you know, and, and, and so I'm, I'm, that probably wasn't, uh, like, I'm just trying, like, he, like, LeBron in L.A. is the ultimate attraction for winning championships, if nothing else, just winning championships. If you are that Anthony Davis type guy, you know, I'll have a guy who will get me to the promised land and things will be so much easier for me. I'll still be able to get to get mines. I'll have them like him wanting to be MVP this year. Yes, quite possible. Um. But him being able to win a championship, he's going to need to play with some serious guys. And is New Orleans in the winning not only to keep him, but to bring in other guys this upcoming year? Because after this, I mean, what are they going to be able to do? Who else is coming out? You know? So, yeah. I guess back to L.A., and this Ariza trade, because it's like, wow, they wanted Ariza, they weren't able to get him. That's a good thing for them, because the Lakers, they get Ariza, they probably give up some young talent that could become an Ariza if you just be patient, see what see what the season how see how the season plays out. Maybe they develop their chops where they become an Ariza. And hey, but at the same time too, you know that you had that one year deal that it reasons on. So that that really would have been something. Um, but not much. You know, he just wasn't moving the needle, I think, for me enough. Like if a reason was scoring like between fifteen and seventeen points, then yeah. You know, because he's he's that that D and three guy for real. But he's really I don't think he's averaging 10 points. Just maybe hovering a little under that. But. So, yeah, I don't. It it feels like. I'm glad that Ariza didn't go there. You know. Just to kind of give these these young Laker guys. Some more time to develop. And just see what they're about. You know. That was good for LA. Because I'm one of the. I'm part of the minority who feels that. The Lakers should have just stayed with the young guys they had and just grown. Maybe you 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 become a different kind of Golden State if you keep Demarcus Russell, excuse me, D'Angelo Russell, and um, not Pope, but uh, the guy who just signed, oh Randall, Julius Randall. You know, maybe you and 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 Clarkston and Lonzo and Ingram and Kuzma. You know, I feel like I'm missing somebody else, but all right. I, I know. And it was like, dude, you got, we have LeBron. What are you talking about? Yeah, you do. You know, and it's going to be a lot of pressure. I, I think with the Laker fans, I just feel like it would have been interesting to see them try to go the route. Like, does LA have one of the, like LA is one of those teams where they really truly don't have to build in the draft. You know what I mean? Like, like they get LeBron because they just lit because they're just in LA. 
and yeah, they have the 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 pet. I mean, you know, all the the history to go along with it. But it makes it to where now they don't have to do the things that most teams are required to do. You know, they're like the 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 um, they're like these big companies. You know, they get bailouts. <laughs> these big corporations. You know. They get bailouts. Everyone else has to just freaking take it. They end up having to lose their homes or whatever else just to uh, to get out of debt. Whereas, you know, these big corporations get the bailout money. And that's what it feels like with the Lakers. Like, they didn't get a chance to... I mean, they cut some guys. They did do that. But just, just the allure, anyone would cut their guys to bring in LeBron. But just being in LA, you don't you don't need to do that. You're just like, it's the Lakers. You know what you already do. Like they say the the, the phrase, you already know what it is. <laughs> you know? So Phil Jackson was in LA. I guess watching some practice. I'll just say this, right? Feel back in LA could happen. I don't know where how it happens really, like in what role Phil comes back. But I'm gonna tell you like this: it can happen, and don't even dare talk about the LeBron thing with him, LeBron being mad at him and the whole posse issue. And that's yeah, that that probably was the reason why LeBron wasn't gonna go to New York that second time around, but. LeBron has shown and that he has a history of being uh, lenient uh, or forgiving. He has a forgiving spirit and he, he moves with that. And I think that will be what will be um, one of the things that a lot of people will, that kind of goes by the wayside. And that is something that he will be able to move past if he sees it being something that benefits the Lakers. And I don't know at this point what capacity you bring in feel. Maybe none. Maybe he's just too old. Maybe, but just just be open to that. Because And just for the fact that LeBron doesn't hold grudges like that. And, you know, he's at the end of the day about winning in his way. And, every, and as long as he has that, which he does, um, and feel can... And, and Phil, look, look, guys, Phil is a is a team player too. I mean, he signed Melo to that max deal. He was the one who, who made who made it okay. Like you know, he could have. I think the pressures are maybe made it impossible for him not to do it, but nonetheless, he fell in line. Although we could probably go back, I'm sure he'll have a book saying, at some point in the future, that he didn't want to sign Melo and he just got pressured into it and Dolan forced him and <laughs> you know then it just couldn't he couldn't hold it within any longer but he was right and he kind of felt you know you look back man he was right about getting rid of him at the time when we should have but peace to Melo and I, I want to talk I want to just kind of put this out there like say what you want about Melo he was able to handle New York better than anyone He's like up there with, I think, 
he could write a book. He should write a book for all athletes. And, and guys, we're going to go to a break. But before we go to a break, Melo should write a book. I feel like I've said this before. But he should write a book on how to conduct yourself as an NBA superstar. And let that just trickle down to everyone else. Let that be the template for everyone, the mold for everyone to follow. Because he did it in the, in the most craziest market with all the scrutiny. And he handled it like a boss. In spite of his play or whatever, he just handled it in a way. So I'm gonna we're going to leave it at that, guys, because that's something I want to come back to when we talk about KD. All right, so guys, we're going to take a break. And we'll come back. There's a few other topics I want to talk about. Hopefully, I can get to them. It might be three breaks, guys. Who knows? All right. Um, But this is the first. We're going to take our first break here. And I'm going to come back. All right. And we're back. What's going on, guys? So... We were last we I left off talking about Phil Jackson in LA watching I guess practice or just hanging out around the, the LA the Laker facilities and uh, you know Luke Walton's job is kind of hanging in the balance we don't know you know rumors of him maybe getting up out of there (laughs) before the trade deadline but for who I don't know but I don't know I just feel like um, Phil being there I think the hatchet is buried and between him and LeBron and I want to back up. I know in the earlier, earlier the, the first half or part one of the this podcast, at the end I spoke of Phil Jackson and uh, being in New York and dealing with Melo, Melo dealing with him. And I, I kind of mentioned New York uh, or the, the Knicks as us and so for people who were first first listeners first time listeners guys I'm a Knicks fan so I might speak of the Knicks as we (laughs) us just to clear things up but yeah um, shout outs to Melo speaking of Melo LaMelo, LaMelo Ball, LaVar Ball. Uh, they had a little interview they did with Jalen Jacoby. And uh, I thought it was pretty good. Eh, well, there were some questions I thought were annoying from Jacoby. But <laughs> there were some real crazy highlighted segments, obviously, LaVar. From LaVar, you know, him... Uh, his advice, I think, for up-and-coming entrepreneurs. I, I could be wrong. 
of what his advice was specifically to, but <laughs> it was a hot take. I'll just leave it at that. You, you, you all check it out. Go on YouTube and look up if you haven't already seen it. If you've seen it, I know you, you were uh, very entertained with, <laughs> as always, with LeVar Ball. Um, you know, he said some real stuff. You know, and uh, it's interesting because as I'm recording part two to this podcast here, um, I watched the Lakers destroy the Charlotte Hornets and Lonzo Ball and LeBron both had triple doubles in the same game. Now, it was against Charlotte, but Charlotte was on a back-to-back and a terrible loss to my beloved Knicks. Um, Terrible loss to them, great win for us. And um, in the interview, LeVar had said that it would be... uh, one of the worst moves the Lakers made ever made if they traded his son and uh, I don't know if it's the worst move ever but I would say it's getting to the point where you gotta look back and say that you drafted well you just didn't trust the process enough and for it these other guys go and blossom other places and not to say, you know, that um, it won't pay off in the end when they, when LeBron obviously, I guess, acquires the pieces if he ever does. Probably more than likely he will. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you just saw it tonight in terms of his capabilities. Second year player, looked really good out there. Um, just brings. I guess, uh, a sprinkling of what LeBron brings in terms of getting everybody engaged, you know? And if you can get guys from maybe your your fourth best player to your 10th to 12th best player involved and active, and I think Lonzo, throughout as his career progresses, that will become an attachable asset that people respect and will will really be uh, deemed as a as as a rare gem, you know. Um, I just feel like for him, it's not it doesn't it's not as evident as with LeBron because he does it so demonstrably with the dunks and. You know, just in the way he plays, the style, obviously, the the body, but um, to be able to kind of just bully people uh, and and truck through the lane and just uh, also a move. So I know he doesn't have it in that sense, but um, I think to command the uh, the players to to be at their best 
And that's something that if he ever shared anything with LeBron, I think it would be that in a small way. Like I said, more in the, in a, uh, the dust <laughs> of LeBron. You know, because we know LeBron just takes a team that doesn't belong in the playoffs into the Eastern Conference Finals and probably will be the Western Conference Finals as well. Oh, excuse me, the Finals <clears throat> in general. But, but you know, um, you can almost say here that they'll be in the Western Conference Finals, you know. Um, still don't feel like the team is finished. And if they are, then, hey, I, that wouldn't be such a bad thing. You know, let these guys kind of, you know, they're really, how many games has it been? 30 games or something? So... So yeah, just a um, but I, I back to Lavar. Like as you watch, has anybody anyone been watching Lamelo? Like Lamelo is going through the fire. You know he's being tested. He's being forged with the flames in terms of going overseas, playing these these uh, minor leagues. And developing his game outside of the uh, collegiate realm, which we know is is definitely is the bread and butter. But uh, we know that it, that we've seen others come up in other realms, you know, and and make the adjustment well. And when Lamelo was asked about, uh, I guess, his road to the NBA. Um, I can't remember one of the options he said if it was overseas or something else but then he also said the G League and so you know this kid you know obviously he's grown what is he like 6'7 6'8 now so he has the height he has the handles um, he seems like he understands what it takes um, to be the player he would need to be to get into the league and something that Leangelo I don't think had in his mind and obviously because he was really coming to, coming from a UCLA standpoint he was nowhere near good enough to play obviously bas- you know pro basketball but with LaMelo he has he's he has the the size but he he can he's been playing point guard all his life so he has the handles and you know the the assists but he's toned down on the shot attempts and is looking to get others involved. I think that will serve him great moving forward. Just just having that, I think, like when you think of those kids, part of what made it crazy was that it didn't feel like they were based in reality, you know, even though you were watching it. <laughs> it was like, what is this? This this has to stop at some point. And yeah, okay, so there's, there's been some L's, I guess, you know, with obviously maybe more with D'Angelo. And I, I don't say that, you know, he was a loser or anything like that or that he's lost yet. I think that, hey, he might surprise cats in his own way. But uh, just a lot of scrutiny with everything that was going on with LeVar. And the Junior Basketball League, I think it's called, JBL or JBA. Um, that is something that it's still it it didn't go away and so it's just going to kind of if it if it has an opportunity for obviously let's let's give it a decade to see but 
there's a good chance that it could really see an uptake in people using that league, possibly just based upon um, LaMelo success. And that's built on all the things that LaVar said he was going to do and he's been doing it. You know, the big baller brand, I think, too, has has stock has improved. You know, maybe we're not going to pay three to five hundred dollars for a pair of shoes, but, you know, might get a shirt for a good whatever it is. Hopefully, I, I don't know. I hope it's not comparable in terms of pricing with how the shoes were, <laughs> you know, but. I just say that it is the brand is becoming way more respectable because you see the products coming out and LeVar's names are all, you know, name is all over it, you know, and I, I like to see a little bit more of Lonzo going hard with that. Now that he's, I mean, I guess maybe he can't cause he's focusing on the, on the game and it looked like it tonight. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I just piece of LeVar, you know, I just, and his son, I, I mean, two out of three ain't bad. Two out of three ain't bad. I feel like this kid could make the league. Now I don't got him being no star, but I got him being a good backup player. You know, could he be like an Austin Rivers, <laughs> you know? kind of guy possibly he's bigger than Austin Rivers I think right now already so maybe I need to get someone else to think you know uh, compare him to but maybe or no one else I don't know I haven't I just know he looks a lot more refined and because he is older he looks like someone who could uh, but peace to him for, for wanting to go into G League you know, I just think that's awesome. So, yeah. Um, and the team that the Lakers were beating up on, the Charlotte Hornets, we didn't we didn't see any footage of Jordan slapping Malik Monk on the back of the head twice tonight. But I want to just say this. I get it that Malik, that, that Mike... I mean, look, I had the episodes, well, Mike's love of the, the NBA, excuse me, the game so much that he decided to play with the Wizards, but I just feel like as an owner, might have to, and I'm not trying to get on Mike. But I'm just saying that's a slippery slope to be on right now. If you're on the side of hey, it's Mike. Hey, it's Mike, the greatest player. What are you gonna do? Huh? It's Mike. <laughs> what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? That's the greatest guy. And he is. I get it. And look, if it was me, if I was Malik Monk. You know what I'm saying? Because Malik, Mike probably had conversations with Malik. You know, may possibly went to the house, kicked it with him, got to know him before he drafted him, 
hung out, has the uncle nephew role going on. I get that. But I don't know. <laughs> it's just so unique. If it was obviously we know if it was anybody else, it would be the first thing. You know, if Steve Ballmer had did that, mm, if Mark Cuban <laughs> had done that, <laughs> oh man. So, I don't know. I just kind of feel like. You're that emotional, Mike. You can't keep your hands to yourself. Oh, man. I don't know. That's a little too hands on for me. I don't know. I, I just feel like, meh. Some accountability wouldn't have hurt that situation but I, I'm it's whatever I it's, Malik didn't I, I'm sure it, it's I, it's over and done with and it's nothing Malik's a young guy looks up to Mike like I said if it was me probably would have took it in the same way like hey that's Mike it's all love but you gotta be careful Mike <laughs> you know just just be careful you know it you know it 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 Man, the stories of Mike just being a terror in so many ways, <laughs> aside from basketball. Him in Washington, I, I I wish I could probably, I should just go back and dig up a lot of the dirt we were hearing in those days of him just kidding with anyone's wife. <laughs> and um, probably some other crazy stories that I, I wish I knew, but just legendary tales of Mike just going in. And this is just adds on, right? But this is real. We have footage. <laughs> you know, the social media days has finally caught Mike in one of his rages where we can confirm that he punched Steve Kerr. <laughs> you know what I mean? After seeing him as an, as an owner at 60 years old, you know, he's able to... Uh, and I know he's maybe what, maybe in his 50s, late 50s. He's slapping his players in the back of the head twice. <laughs> you know? So, uh, interesting, right? That's just, you know, they say, you know, <laughs> thank God we ain't had social media in my day. Oh, yeah, well, we have it today. You still got to act accordingly. But, uh, hey, if you're Mike, whatever, right? It's just everything goes. <laughs> Anything is just, uh. All right, whatever. It's all good. So, the West Coast, the Western Conference, it's like crazy right now. Like, you look at the standings and... Denver is 19 and 9. Portland is in 8th place. Denver's number 1 by the way. Portland is in 8th place. They are 16 and 13. 
I mean, three and a half wins separating. Each, you know, <clears throat> between Denver and Portland. And to be three and a half games back and to be in the eighth spot, it's, it's just crazy. You know, and then the teams that are in, like Memphis and Dallas. You know, we knew that the Lakers would be there, but everyone else just doesn't seem right too much. Um, I mean, you have Utah at the bottom. Um, they are they are in thirteenth place. Minnesota is in fourteenth place. Houston is in twelfth place. <laughs> you know, New Orleans is in eleventh place. You know, good great. Sac is. And ninth place at 15 and 13. But again, Minnesota is 13 and 15. So it's really, it's just too crazy to crown anyone. You know, you can't really give anyone. And it, and I, I, I had in my notes anyone but the Warriors. But This might be, again, one of those, that particular time, this particular time in history where just some of the luck or lack of that we see throughout the NBA with mostly every team is finally hitting the greatest team ever. And so there are cracks chinks in the armor that are gleaming and are making situations <laughs> like what we see here where Dallas because mind you Dallas has beat Golden State it's a couple teams on here that's beaten Golden State now and and those are because of the injuries you know, so it's whatever with these teams, but I, I feel like this is probably the year where you really got to watch closely. It's not so much that we worry about Houston being able to contend. I think you have a lot of suitors for that second spot just based upon the glaring issues in Golden State with the injuries and I know that eventually they get the next 20 games under their belts they probably won't lose like we saw them lose with uh, against Toronto and I know they beat Sacramento but that was like what a, a three point difference they they lost they won by three it's a close game in the end with all they uh sacramento had a chance to tie it up so it's kind of crazy this is just one of those um times where you know golden state is just as vulnerable as everyone else and it's just based upon injuries. And right now they are in second place at 20 and 10. 
and they can you know any more little knickknack injuries could keep them in this realm you know now they'll probably get home court advantage in the end but hmm. Some t- some t- dangerous teams to look out for. OKC, obviously the Lakers, the Clippers are just dangerous in a sense if everyone is healthy. But that's probably never going to happen with them, <laughs> you know. And then Denver, so who kind of has the same firepower, you know? Can can give you six to seven guys that can get hot from beyond the arc so yeah oh man back to uh, Sacramento and Dallas I mean they are two teams that are kind of causing some issues as well in the Western Conference you know aside from Golden State because again you don't expect them to be that good Dallas at 15 and 12, Sacramento with 15 and 13. Like, really? With these rookies? Very interesting draft class um, last year, you know? And uh, I, I, I like last year's draft class. I think we got to wait on a few. Like, my man, Frank Nilakina. But, uh, and then others just look right, like Fox. He's come on strong, you know. I like their tandem, him and Hill. You know, if Hill can get consistent, you know, they can be the next whatever. Maybe the next, eh, I won't say uh, McCollum and, and Lillard, but possibly just maybe in that backcourt way, you know, where they both can give you 25 a night, 30, 40, 50 a night. That would be crazy, though, if you get a backcourt that can give you 50 each. What backcourt do you think is going to do that? Like, guys, what, like, who's more likely to drop 50 in the backcourt together? I guess we're all thinking the obvious, Steph and Clay. But you, you could put your money on McCollum and Lillard too. They can get like that. Yeah. Piece of Derrick Rose too for balling. Him and T, maybe not at that level, but to play well together. I like when guards are able to play together. Obviously, uh, Schroeder and Westbrook. Peace to them. I love that. You know? But um, the Rockets, 13 and 14. In 12th place. You know, the Rockets are 29th in defense. And they were 21st when Melo was there. Now, their offense is better. But, you know, just just to throw that out there, it wasn't Melo. They're, you know what I mean? 
and they're not making their threes. You know, they're not making their threes, guys. So, but I will go back to OKC and, and just say that I appreciate the fact that. Uh, West Westbrook seems to have not he doesn't have the something to prove he his game is his game no doubt but his lack of having something to prove is help with Paul George you know being comfortable with having someone else and having others is he 100% do you all think he's 100% out there you know, because he hasn't been shooting too well, but he's been doing everything else. I just think he's such a phenomenal athlete. He can do all. He has such a great feel for the game that he can do all those things regardless. But his efficiency doesn't seem to be too well. You know, shooting percentages don't are really still terrible. But I just feel like that offensive edge has turned into uh, him being able to to relegate a little bit to others, to his vets. And then you also have vets that have, or young guys who have improved. And Terrence Ferguson, but more importantly, uh, my man Jeremy Grant. He is, he is all of Ibaka now, you know? So, so they're talking about trading faults still. And the two suitors are Detroit and Orlando. Yeah. I would like to see him in Orlando because the pressure's off and they're a young team and he would get that chance to shine. Want to know what are the other pieces, but Detroit would be a little tougher, but he would get a backbone in Detroit. You know, I think... He would be able to... uh, What's the coach's name, guys, for um, Detroit? Main man, I have his face in my mind, but um, hold on one sec. Let me see if I uh, <laughs> for some reason, guys. I cannot remember the coach's name. Dwayne Casey, yes. I would have never remembered that too. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I could see him doing, helping him out as well. You know? But they have an older team. Would they be able to be able to involve him? Like, I just feel like this kid needs... 
just that exposure out there, just to be out there. So I, that's why I kind of go with Orlando. But if Detroit would want him, who would they give up? Maybe Reggie Jackson? That would be awesome. I mean, is Reggie... I don't even know the numbers match up there. They, I don't, I'm pretty sure they don't. But... Wondering who would... Um, Philly want to get back. Langston Galloway? That's probably doesn't, doesn't even add up, I don't think. But you got some guys balling over there a little bit. Reggie Bullock. You know, Stanley Johnson. Maybe bringing two guys like that. You know. And Orlando's got some pieces too, but would they break up their team, I guess? Are they even balling like that to even say they're breaking up their team? I need to check the standings again. I don't remember where I had Orlando. Oh, man. But that would really help um, if there's in return. I was hoping that that's, that would be the case for um, Philly, you know, to kind of even out that bench. Okay, guys, we're going to take another break. I got a few more things I feel like we got to talk about. Then we're going to talk about my man, KD. So, guys, I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll come back in a minute. All right. And we're back. From the beginning. So now, guys, we're into the final segment. This would be part three of the podcast Kevin Durant will never win another championship without the Warriors so before I even get on to that what's up with the Bulls I mean it's one thing to have the issue with the players having a meeting with the coach after being destroyed by 50 points I don't know I mean, Jim Boylan, obviously, I guess he's one of those old school coaches, and we're dealing with a lot of millennials, young millennials in this Bulls team. They probably should do what the coach says, you know, but who knows if these guys really want to get better, but... I don't know. It's 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 just weird for it to happen for them to. It, it was a bad look. You know, you never want to see bad teams, <laughs> bad young teams. You know, who are you? Is what I guess I would say. You know, if I were a young, uh, I mean, you know, as a fan. You know, especially as a Bulls fan who's seen the greatest teams in Michael Jordan, Scotty, and the others. And now we see these young guys. Zach Levine is out too for a little bit. I don't think it's something serious, but you got to just keep a lookout for this guy. You never know. Um, 
But what's up with Jabari Parker? Jabari Parker is a story. The piece comes out that he is his role will be limited. His minutes are limited. Why? Didn't they just sign him? I don't get it. For the story to come out, but yet it comes out like the Bulls released it or something. It. Why? And I I read about Jim Boylan, the coach, talking about he had three power forwards. I feel like maybe with the power forward thing, Jabari Parker, and, and just in general with these power forwards, they, they can play a little bit of the three. Maybe not so much, but with the, with the offenses being so, so spread out now, you know, you just get these guys in, in positions to win. And I think they've signed this guy. So for this guy to be signed on and to not play him just kind of goes against what <laughs> why you brought him in. You know, you had to have some kind of plan for him, even beyond Fred Hoiberg, you know. So, I would love to see him in New York. But we kind of already got a lot of things going on. A lot of things. We, we're trying to already, as a Knicks fan, we're already trying to, well, as a, you know, being a Knicks fan, I guess speaking for the Knicks, from what I see, they're, they're trying to already develop these, the guys they have. And maybe he's not in the plans. I know there were rumors of him being a part of a trade with Melo. That was about, I guess, a, over a year or more ago when Melo was still with the Knicks. But, so I don't know if now, but he seems to be healthy enough to contribute, and he would be one of those guys that he would fit in terms of what the Knicks do with resurrect players, or at least trying to. We see Moutier having a little resurrection with his career. But it's just weird for the Bulls to do that. You know, I would have liked, speaking of the Knicks and with Fisdale, I would have liked Jim Boylan to take a page out of Fisdale book. And when, because Fisdale has been doing a lot of sitting guys down you know I do that with quotation marks and not only I guess I don't need to do that with quotation marks he really is sitting guys down but he he a, a couple of the young guys Moutier uh, Frank Nilakina, Kevin Knox you know a couple of these guys didn't even play didn't see the floor or when they did it was really slim minutes and and for that I guess they're appreciative of the game their sense of awareness heightened and they were able to show that they belong, you know, and, and show their be- their best abilities on the floor. And that would maybe you should, and the way, 
when he, when the press would ask him about these players, the way he would respond was, "Hey, you know, it's a long season. We're gonna give these guys a chance." And I know, I think Jim Boylan said something to that to that effect, but. The excuses is what I did because he actually did say like we have three power forwards and I just would have phrased it a little different and just we who already with the stuff going on with Boylan who even knows maybe Jim Boylan is a bad coach (laughs) you know the Bulls had to have made that story public maybe Jim Boylan I don't even know man I just someone help me with that Guys, you know, because I know the Bulls had to have, like, someone in upper management had to have said something, some executive. But why? It's not like he was brought on from a trade, and then they were they decided they weren't going to play him, or and he's still relatively young, you know, because he really a couple seasons he really didn't even play like. I know he's got like two seasons he just set out. So I like to see him a little bit more in shape, though. It doesn't seem to have the best physique, you know, for a 6'9 guy, 6'8 guy who can put the ball on the floor and stuff. But very skilled player. Another very skilled player. MB. You know, the NBA is funny how it can change. And people will kind of, I guess, become used to who you are and your uniqueness and take it for granted, especially if you don't prove it or put it to good use. And, you know, the whole world's watching with Embiid. You know, even though he's still very, you know, relatively young in his career, you know, you see people like Cat, like Carl uh, Anthony Towns, who is all of skilled as Embiid, but in a different way. And so, but he got scrutinized last year for his lack of fire. And Embiid, it's kind of different, but that's starting to pick up. And we saw in the game against the Pacers that a lot of his damage was done in the first half, not so much in the second half. We also saw him take a lot of bad shots that kind of make the case as to why Jimmy Butler is doing is is maybe in the positions he's in where he's taking those shots or able to um, maybe have uh, more command of the front court excuse me of the back court whereas when you see Embiid float to the top of the, the key or the or the, the three point line um, he's maybe looking to pass and not to get a shot but, but, but when Jimmy Butler leaves you see yeah, he was showcased and doing a lot of things, but sometimes that can be the detriment of him because he's he's doing too much, you know. And the game, I feel like with Embiid, 
a guy like him, he can really change the game in another way. Outside of, yeah, his post moves are great. And he's got great footwork and he can, you know, pull up and he can dribble. He can do, just do so many moves inside out. I think he has the ability to make the game easy again with his skill set. And you don't want to complicate the game unnecessarily. And I think with him, he has so many arsenal of moves that he just kind of, sometimes I feel like he's just doing them to be doing them <laughs> as opposed to just going for the bread and butter. You know, we see players like Kawhi Leonard who take minimum, they don't, uh, waste their moves it's like dribble dribble shoot you know you know what i mean it's not a lot of and 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 b you know he's got a lot of the dream shake in him from akeem elijah Wan, but in that find your bread and butter find that unstoppableness you know and I think that will be your key. You know, find that area that works. Moving forward with Jimmy Butler. Things have changed. Yes, they've changed, Embiid. And it's going to be a balance. And you might need to not speak to the media about your uh, issues with trying to... uh, With the dealing with the adjustment, you know, dealing with the adjustment is something that it's just part of the process. And since we we're talking process, you know, the process of transitioning to an NBA title contender, and you're going to have to make adjustments. Might want to call up Kevin Love, and I know it's totally different because you know, but Jimmy sees himself as LeBron, taking the last shot, getting his shots up. Um, but he'll command from the defensive end. And so should you and B. You know, this was a time for you to show if this was your team yesterday against the Pacers. Friday night. You're on to, you know, you're on ESPN and you started out great, but you had to have a, a game that made people say, OK, whose team is this? I guess it's your team. But. If it is, then you're definitely going to have to raise your level of play when it counts. So, so yeah, I, moving forward, my prediction of the NBA and all its awesomeness, as we see with the three-point shot, it's just kind of revolutionized the game. And it's the skill set of players to be able to get the shots off the way they are. They're getting them off like, you know, Steph is just not standing in the corner hitting open threes. You know, he's shimmying. He's in and out with the handles. Uh, so you have that skill set. But then you have the guys is just like now seven footers. A la Luke Cornette, peace to him. Who I've always rooted for uh, in terms of getting some play. And he was able to showcase his abilities against Charlotte uh, Friday night and uh, did a good job. 
But I just, I not to get on. This is not a Luke Cornette thing, but just moving forward with an NB, as you have a Steph Curry, you have an NB, get the, the simple shots. Let that be, easy baskets be the thing moving forward. So if you find yourself as a guy who needs to get to, who can get to a certain spot, I think Mike, for Mike, it was easy to get the shots because a lot, the majority of them, when you're averaging 30 points a game, if you can get a majority of the same kind of shots, that repetition, you know, and I think players, that's where the killer, the killer instinct comes in because it's like, I'm going to kill you with this move and I don't care what you know the the saying of you know we know what he was going to do there's nothing we can do about it you know the question is how we how could we stop it that needs to be something that players need to hark on moving forward um and just in the nba in general finding those killer moves that you can you know and that, that the team that puts that to work will be another revolutionary team like the Golden State Warriors. You know, I think to be the Golden State, you're going to need to play like that. You're going to have to have bread and butter moves that are different from the three-point shot. Something that's just like, what? Who knew that this shot? It's like, like Kareem Skyhook. Like, what move will you know and it's got to be a couple of guys, too. It just can't be a Kareem. It's got to be a Kareem and, I don't know, kind of like, you know, who you know who had a nice bread and butter? Also, Carl Malone to, with the Johns. Yeah, it was, it was talking to Malone. But he had that pull-up jumper at the, at the free throw line. He had a lot of pull-up moves that were just kind of parallel to the free throw line that really kind of got him to being what the second um in second place in all points total points scored or something in the NBA uh Carl Malone's what I'm talking about guys so would love to see more of that Right now we're in a we're in a league where the repertoire is shown. If you have the three, if you're open behind the three, shoot it. Because you can you you know you can make it. You know what I mean? But then there comes a time where you have to have the, that bread and butter. And I would like to see that more going forward. If you're going to dethrone because there's probably not going to be another Steph. You know? Or a Clay for that matter. But. So, yeah. And for me, even though I have the Greek Freak as my MVP, I would say Steph is the real MVP. It's just the injuries. You know, 
And speaking of his of Steph and the Warriors, do they have a quality win right now, guys? Like I know we we're harking on we know they can do it, but right now through this this season, do the Warriors have a quality win? Like against like a like a playoff like a, a win that says you know what we are the freaking champions. This is why bow down. Don't ever come against us again. That thrashing, you know, they don't have that yet. I think we'll see that. I can't think of one right now. If you guys have one, let me know. You all can think of some games that they've won this year that's kind of made them, that made people feel less. Maybe this is why they're in second place, not first. Because they could have had a statement game in that with that Toronto game, and, and they did. So... So yeah, um, I got a little small side note. I know with Joakim Noah, he, it, the story came out with him, and this is probably just my go-to Nick story, my feel-good Nick story. I know you all hate when I talk about the Knicks, <laughs> or some some of you love it if you're a Nick fan, and it maybe just. I don't know. I'm interested in the fact that I'm a guy who loves, who loves the Knicks, but I really wanted it to work out with, I guess everybody did with Joaquin Noah. And I, I, even to the point of after the fight, I wanted the, the management, the organization to take his side. I don't see why they fired Hornacek and got rid of Noah. Only because get your money's worth. Try to get your money's worth. But I had to evaluate and just say, hey, you know, when you're out here saying it, you were just too lit, you kinda, he kinda placed the blame on himself. And I, you know, he, he, he obviously guys, I'm talking about the podcast he did, um, where he was, you know, talking about uh, just maybe partying a little too much in New York. That, that hurts, you know, because, and, and, and my guy, you got to look yourself in the mirror, and, and he has, but, you, you know what I mean, like, even if your career ends, it ends in Memphis, people going to remember that New York thing, man, that's going to be the worst, that's really, like, I wonder, will you even be able to come up out of that? Like, maybe you get traded to, like, the Lakers, and then you win a championship. That could happen. But right now, it's not cemented in stone if you were to retire with the Grizzlies. You know? I'm all about do-overs with the same team. Starting starting fresh, you know, as a Knicks fan. There's so many do-overs I wish we could have grabbed. You know? Hey, I wish we could have grabbed Trevor Ariza. You know? Maybe just just for the hey, sorry for trading you all those years ago. From this distant but, point, the earth might not seem of any particular interest. You know, it just it I, I wanted to talk for about us, this really quick too. It's different. That podcast again, where that's Steph that's said, Hey, that's all. You know, that's uh, us. 
I guess the moon. I mean, we didn't go to the moon. Um, if I remember correctly, when it was played, he asked the question, did we go to the moon? And Kent Bazemore and Vince Carter said no. And then he kind of followed up with it. So it wasn't just him. It was Vince Carter and Kent Bazemore. Look, I'm not going to get into whether we've been to the moon or not. And I know it goes into the flat earth or, or globe earth, whatever. But I just will say this. There are outlets beyond mainstream. And I'm on, I kind of feel like I'm on one of them right now. I'm one of the, obviously I'm not mainstream. And so, you know, peace to the guys that have a, a voice. And clearly these guys are getting these messages from non-mainstream sources. And that's big for the little guys. The, 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 if you want to call them truth tellers, maybe they are. I, I won't even go into that realm. It's probably not the podcast for that, but hey, if we get there, we, if we go there, if we happen to go there, we'll go there. But right now, it's just, that's where I take it with that. It seems like, and then too with Kyrie Irving, that these things just don't come out without possible influence. You gotta, you gotta look at YouTube, right? <laughs> this is where all this is coming from, right? It starts, it starts there, right? So, if nothing else, peace to the mm, kind of breaking away, breaking the mold or breaking away from the mold in this, in a unique way. It's different from in the civil rights era because these guys are above and beyond that. They've made a wall to where they, that's kind of impenetrable for them in that sense, like, you know, discrimination and stuff. So it's different now, you know, it's a, some in a way of a, maybe a worldwide somewhat conscious awakening uh, on too many levels to count. And I think for them, not to say that them thinking that we never went to space is awakening, but just having alternative opinions that are counter to what you know that that's it just seems weird that people how the response is from mainstream media how they're trying to they're struggling to make sense of why it's happening <laughs> that's what it just feels like watching that whether you believe it or not because i don't even care what which you know either way but just even if they're trolling just watching the reaction of the media interesting right you know, but they never talk about <clears throat> Vince Carter and Kent, Kent Bazemore because they were both from when when I read it from because they had the, the audio, they had the transcript and the audio. So it, it showed Steph saying, like, we never went to the moon. Right. And then Kent Bazemore or they kind of labeled it like the other podcast members were both saying no. So. All right, whatever. But peace to Steph, right? Like I said, I think the real MVP, you know, which leads us to KD, right? 
who coined that phrase. You the real MVP. Peace to KD. Look, I, I look, I love the game, and if you love the game, you love Kevin Durant. You know, he's just an awesome player. And I don't even know, it's hard to put him in those top five categories only because of the team he plays with. Like, if he was doing all of this on a team like Charlotte, then I could put him in that. It's just, for me, it's hard to have that conversation where he is, I'm placing him in a, uh, placing him in that top five. And he could be that. It's just hard to see when he's playing against, when he's playing with the greatest shooters of all time, one of the top defenders in the, in the past decade, if not more, um, that we've ever seen or we've seen, you know. And, um, and then when we saw him without the greatest shooter in all time and, and one of the greatest defenders, the team looked pretty average. In fact, it didn't look, it didn't even look like they can get out of the first round. You know? And so I wonder, is he built for a team that doesn't have the supreme makeup that Golden State already kind of had formulated. Like, he, any situation outside of Golden State is formulated. Um, I mean, it would, it, it would have to come this year. Like, someone would have to uh, beat the Golden State Warriors, and then he would have to join them. By that, I mean they would have to have proven that they have a, have a team in place that at the very least has won a championship with them, without him. And we haven't seen that happen. He's only getting older. And I know players like him and LeBron, at least maybe, obviously he's not as old as LeBron, but he has, I mean, he's almost kind of like uh, aging like fine wine. Right, he's kind of aging like fine wine. And so, uh, but still, it's hard to think that any situation that he's in outside of another super team, and that can happen with the Clippers, but it just seems like right now the chances are below average for him to win a championship ever again because of just the uniqueness of that Golden State team. You know, and it just seems to be a great fit for him because now with Golden State, he's able to just concentrate on, now he plays deep. And he's, he seems to be more of a well-rounded player in Golden State because he has to play within with those great players as well. I think that shows, if anything, why he's a top 
five player, if nothing else. He can play, he can hold his own and be a superstar with those players, if nothing else. But what see what year he goes in, what year would Kevin Durant be? Let's let's find that. Let's check that out. I want to see what year is KD in. Let's see what is KD. What year? Mm. Well, he's thirty. Which is good, right? I mean, young 30. I mean, you know, you're 30, so that's the youngest you, you can be at 30. But... Twelve years. So he's been with OKC... I mean, he's been in the league for 12 years. Obviously, he would have to take deals where he's only playing for like he's like two-year deals. You know what I mean? Like that would just be for me what you would have to do with him. You couldn't sign him four years. I mean, you have to have another max player. But is that gonna be enough? I mean, man, I just like watching him with Golden State and Clay and and in Golden State without. Uh, Draymond Green and uh, Steph Curry. Him and Clay should have been enough. That should have been like LeBron and Lonzo or Kyle Kuzma. But it wasn't. They just seem like they, they seem at best a first round playoff team. Now I know Steph and Draymond are that drastic of players, where they 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 right there can command championship level uh, basketball, but and he could go to the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard. That could work, AD. But it would be the first time we've seen him have a team constructed that hasn't won a championship. And he's only getting older. He would be in his 13th year. So it just seems like the odds continue to to stack against him moving forward into the later stages of his career. That that would be... a harder accomplishment without the chemistry that was pretty much brought forth already before you came to the before you signed on with Golden State. So it seems more like that would be the route to stay in Golden State because you really damage your legacy if you leave and you go somewhere else 
And now you really have to win the championship there. But teleport the whole planet here. To couple that, you have these issues that keep popping up. And it's the talk, the extra. You know, the drama in Golden State this year has been all of KD and not nothing of Draymond. Draymond, in a sense, fell back to a level to where now you might, some can make a case, some of this is KD. You know? And that could change. So, you know, right now, that's just what it is for now. But the comments that he made about MJ and uh, Kobe didn't bring LeBron into the discussion. Apparently, though, off camera, he really is. He loves LeBron. But just competing against him, he didn't want to bring him up. But then he brought up Kyrie Irving. But Kyrie's difficult. He played different positions. But then I don't think... KD and LeBron play the same position per se. I mean, they kind of interchange between power forward and small forward. But whatever. It's just... It's hard to, to take him serious as a leader when all these situations keep popping up. They're different from a LeBron. There's drama with LeBron, but he seems to still have the leadership, even though he ends up a lot of times blaming others, in a sense, when it doesn't go that way, it just comes out differently. It just seems more of a panic from KD. You know, it seems more like a panic. I don't feel the commanding presence of a KD if he were to go to another team and um, lead them to the championship at this point in his career. And I hope that I've given or made a case based upon, you know, the things that I've kind of already touched on. But then to back it up with some of the verbiage just coming out that just confirms that he's just not that guy. And we have evidence after evidence. I mean, at least with LeBron, we can confirm some of the tweets that he made were lame. They're all coming from him. But then you have a guy who is just as accomplished in his offensive uh, abilities in Kevin Durant, yet doesn't have the... the uh, off-court characteristics needed to lead. And to put him in a situation that isn't already built, he's kind of setting himself up, up for failure. And I don't think he has it in him at this point moving forward. Now this year, yeah, he could look like it, but to sign a max deal out anything outside of two years Well, he doesn't know the situation is set. And he's not playing with LeBron? I don't know. Like, it's going to be one hell of a super team for him to join. For him to 
um, want to make that move and start that process all over again in year 13. I mean, again, he's, a, he's aging fine like wine, but he's no LeBron in that sense. But he does have the height to just shoot over cats. And he has a lot of skill to just do a lot of natural ability, basically, to do a lot of things, to get a, a lot of things, a lot of uh, abilities and, and skills that he's able to, I guess, just others. He can naturally kind of cheat, you know, because he's seven feet. <laughs> seven feet, he can just kind of, eh, instead of beating you to the spot, I'll just rise above you, <laughs> you know. So he has that, but carrying a team on his back, you would have to go to Golden State with a team that's better. What team is that? And against LeBron, you not not even with Kawhi is that happening. So, all right, guys, I'm going to end this podcast on that note. I feel like I could really go in some more. If you're listening and you're hearing, you're like, yo, I need more evidence, man, I will come back and freaking add on to this. But I just feel like with KD, we've seen the best now and moving forward. To keep that intact, what the hell, what kind of team is that going to look like? That's not with Golden State and not with LeBron. You know, I need to hear it. Clipperland, Clipper Nation, let me know. Lakerland, let me know. As a Knicks fan, I don't think he can withstand the pressure. Like Melo did. I know I was supposed to end this podcast, what, two minutes ago, but. <laughs> and I will. I'm going to wrap it up, guys. But I had to bring that up because I, I did state at the end of part one of this, this episode that I would kind of go back to Melo. And I had to. It just came to me. Say what you want about Melo. He handled himself graciously. And there were a lot more bad times than Katie's ever been through. You know, Katie never had that scrutiny that Melo had in New York and handled it in a way that I don't think it would go bad for Kevin Durant because he's just not built like that. And I don't know what kind of team New York could form that could hide all of that from him. There would have to be another leader on the court leader, and I guess Porzingis could be that. But I wondered, could him and Porzingis exist? Just the, the I don't know, it just seems like right, Kevin Durant, again, I I know him and, you know, not, not that he's, it's come out, he's a bad teammate. But a few things, remember that time he said something about Steph? When they were, I guess, in regards to Steph's shoes and stuff. And it, it kind of got pushed under the rug and did a lot of wins championships were won after that statement but too much we have too much evidence for this guy and this could be mellow 2.0 but worse because of how 
he handled it. When 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 Melo left the Knicks, he could come back and get a standing ovation every day in the garden from here on out. People won't feel the way they felt with him and like with Houston, you know, or OKC. You know, or or I guess well, <laughs> it was handled with uh, with uh, uh, what's the guy's name? I was just talking about Joakim Noah. So maybe it, it you know he it could be like that for Durant and just the way he handles things. He can't. He doesn't have that leadership quality. And so he's pretty much, to me, relegated to stay in Golden State to win more championships and to kind of keep his game intact where he's not kind of forced to be that, that leader, embody that leadership in its, in, its, in its total form like a LeBron does. All right, guys, I, I knew I went an extra, what, three, four minutes there, but I'm really going to wrap it up now. Alrighty, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This will conclude the end of this podcast. Talk to you guys later. Love you all. Talk to you soon. All right, peace.